You're in the cantina, and what do you know? You're just in time for happy hour. Today I woke up feeling decidedly less young and considerably more restless. In fact, let's tack on absurd lunacy to my daily to-do list. I read somewhere that making a to-do list, no matter how mundane or inconsequential the tasks on it may be, will give you a sense of achievement once completed. But honestly, how many fashion shows can I put on in my living room for my dog before I'm committed? And come to think of it, that may have been less something I read and more an episode of The Office. But I digress. Like most of us, I've been watching a lot of movies lately, and this past week I rewatched an old favorite, The Count of Monte Cristo, the 2002 American version with Jim Caviezel, before Caviezel, Caviezel, the guy who played Jesus before he played Jesus, Guy Pearce before Memento, and Richard Harris, rest in peace, the original Dumbledore. This is an adaptation of the 1844 novel written by French author Alexandre Dumas. And to be honest, without overselling it at all, it is the perfect story and the perfect movie. In fact, it's got it all. Hidden treasure, dashing French sailors, betrayal, murder, revenge. I don't want to give it all away for you if you don't know the story, but there is one scene that hit a little too close to home in recent times. Edmond Dantes, who, this is his story, he's in the Chateau d'If, like an ancient French Alcatraz, and Dantes says to the priest, I have 72,519 stones in my walls. I've counted them many times. And the priest asks, but have you named them yet? I don't know why every movie from back in the day seems to have people in a British accent. I mean, yes, people had British accents back then, but this is in France. Mind you, they have British accents in space, in Star Wars, etc. So I'll let that go. But I think we can all agree that a French accent probably would have been the way to go. Anyways, have you named the stones in your cell? <laughs> I've reorganized my makeup so many times, I started looking at the expiration dates. Yeah, I should have thrown that out a long time ago. <laughs> laughter to tears, back to laughter. Now, there is a powerful scene when they're doing a montage of the priest teaching Dantes how to read and write. He's teaching him geography, history, philosophy, which I always wanted to take a philosophy course, but again, I digress. And in one of the scenes, the priest is teaching Dantes how to read, and what he's teaching him to read is, So neglect becomes our ally. Which is really taking a negative situation, turning it sideways, and letting the time serve them. And I'm, I'm trying to give you the story without giving you too much of the story, because I really recommend you watch it, or read it if you're feeling literary. But in the spirit of taking a negative and turning it sideways, who wants to solve a puzzle? <laughs> well, pour yourself a drink and let's detox on the rocks. Salut! Do you want to solve a puzzle? Here is a modern day mystery as confounding as the stuff that's holding Keith Richards together. 
Outside the CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia, there is a 12-foot sculpture that has stood since 1996. Big whoop, right? Well, it's a 12-foot puzzle that no one has been able to solve. It's called Kryptos, and we can thank Jim Sandburn for this enigma. Jim has released three clues thus far, and it is a 97-character phrase, he says. He began the wall, this Kryptos, in 1989. Now, this was the year the Berlin Wall fell, and Kryptos, in front of the CIA headquarters, stands out in the open, and it dares, it taunts anyone to solve its mystery. Now, everyone from the NSA to computer programmers have tried to take a crack at it and figure out what does this puzzle say. Apparently, there are intentional spelling errors and misaligned characters that he's included as well. I'm going to put it up on Detox on the Rocks podcast Instagram so you can take a look. Or you can just Google it. And if you think you have no chance of solving it, I'll remind you. The Zodiac Killer's cipher was recently solved. Maybe the Kryptos is next? Caligula's gardens are on display. Now, Caligula was an interesting character, to say the least. He was a Roman emperor, ruling from 37 to 41 AD. And did he make a crazy splash in that short time? To say this guy was wacky is an understatement. Now, if you're unfamiliar with some of his antics, I'll give you a few bullet points. To start off with, he most notably made his horse a senator. Now listen, with the state of the world currently, I'm sure that my dog (laughs) would probably be an improvement as well. Was he making a kind of social commentary or was the guy just nuts? Well, listen to this. He declared war on Neptune, the god of the sea. He replaced a statue of Zeus with his own head, which massive no-no, and he built his own, let's say, sexually explicit booze cruise boats. They were orgy boats. But it turns out the guy might have had some serious style. It's been revealed that he apparently had a thing for horticulture, which sounds dirtier than it is, really it's a study of plants but they found ancient gardens under an apartment building in Rome. Now, these gardens, of course, the plants aren't there anymore, but they include intricate marble designs as well as an area for exotic animals. How do we know this? Well, the skeletal remains of peacocks, lions, and bears, oh my, I couldn't resist, have been found. Also, there were plants from Asia, seeds, jewelry, gold, and all kinds of wealth. And it's been reported that this was surprisingly tastefully done. Listen, the last time I dug around, I found an old pair of heart-shaped sunglasses and half a dozen granola bar wrappers. But you never know. Sometimes under a crazy mind is an exceptional sense of style. I'm looking at you, reflection in the mirror. It's time for What's in Your Glass, and today I'm sipping on a kitchen sink rum punch. Now, I'm a big believer in waste not, 
and don't get me wrong, I still want a lot, but this waist knot punch really helps take the edge off. Just because there's a few, okay, a lot of ingredients in it doesn't mean we're fancy. It's because we're not. Today we are handcrafting a cocktail with the odds and ends we have on hand and in the fridge. Now this recipe is a little different because it really wasn't planned out ahead of time. It's made in the spirit of es lo que hay, or hunging it. So here we go. I've got one shot of white rum, half a shot of coconut rum. Now this can be Malibu, Bacardi makes a great one as well, but there are tons. And I'm going by my typical one shot being 1.5 ounces. So I have 1.5 ounces of white rum, 0.75 ounces or half a generous shot of coconut rum and feel free to mix them around. We're having fun here. To this I added half a shot or 0.75 ounces of mango juice, half a shot of pineapple juice and another shot of ginger beer. Now a lot of punches will have a really beautiful kind of warmer color to them and this is from grenadine. There's no alcohol in grenadine. It's really just sweet coloring. So if you're looking at a recipe and you don't have grenadine, don't sweat it. You can either use your homemade simple syrup or I don't love maraschino cherries, but if you have them on hand, feel free to throw in what's in that jar. If you don't have pineapple juice and mango juice, use orange, use peach. A nice thing about a punch is you're really just throwing a bunch of stuff in there, but you do want to keep the golden rule in mind. You don't want it to be too thick and you want a nice alcohol to mix balance. So we want some acidity, some brightness and some freshness. And I've said this a hundred times before, I'm sure I'll say it a hundred times again, but if you have any fresh citrus, that's really going to take your drink to another place. I encourage you to have fun and play around. Okay, I'm on my second glass of this rum punch and I've got to say, I'm not so concerned with what I was worried about last night trying to get to sleep. In the spirit of trying to get to sleep and now mastering, I like to think, segues. This episode has been brought to you by Shameless Self-Promotion. <laughs> Are you having a hard time falling asleep lately? When the lights go out, does your mind come alive with anxiety? Does your mind race with what-ifs at bedtime? We're launching a new podcast to help send you off to dreamland. Detox Bedtime Stories is on the way to help you unwind and relax before bed. We'll be reading from the classics, like Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, The Time Machine, The Never-Ending Story, and more. Suitable for any age, whether you're revisiting old favorites or falling in love with literature for the first time, we've got you covered. Read to peaceful music such as Bach and Vivaldi in the menthol cool tones of Isabella Voss. Detox Bedtime Stories, coming soon. In the interest of not scaring the hell out of everyone, I'm going to end the show with 
a few happy pieces of news in my calm ASMR voice. Germany is replacing traditional, morally questionable circuses with a cruelty-free hologram circus. The use of live animals will be replaced with 3D holograms, so we'll see performing elephants, galloping horses, giant goldfish, all done by hologram. Cambodia says no more elephant rides in Angkor Wat. Elephants are some of the most incredible creatures on the planet. They're deeply emotional and sensitive. Tragically, human infatuation with riding elephants has led to some really terrible things, which I'm not going to elaborate because I'm trying to relax you. <laughs> so the good news is, Cambodia has banned elephant rides. More of this, please. Now Canada, oh Canada, has banned whale, dolphin, and porpoise captivity. It's called Bill S203, and I am thrilled beyond words to announce this. Now, Canada has banned the breeding as well. The bill that was introduced in 2015 faced a lot of backlash. But I'm proud to say, in Canada, aquariums and theme parks can no longer keep whales, porpoises, or dolphins in captivity for entertainment. And New York may be the first state to ban cat decline. Now, cat decline, while it seems maybe like not such a big deal if you don't understand basic cat anatomy, which I certainly didn't, but if you look at your hands and you look at the last knuckle, essentially, the piece of bone that your nail sits, to declaw a cat is essentially removing a piece of that bone. When I had it explained to me like that, I made sure to never support cat decline again. So guess what? In New York, no more cat decline. The more you know. And our last happy tidbit of information. An anonymous donor has generously donated $2 million to help chimpanzees. Chimp Haven, a chimpanzee sanctuary in Louisiana. Now this happened in 2019, but I'm just finding out about it now. <laughs> has been granted $2 million in donation. And the person who donated this doesn't wish to be known. Whoever you are, I have to say thank you, as we are relatives of the chimpanzees. We need more people like you in the world, so thank you. Well, that's the end of my drink and the end of the show. We are ending this show on a different vibe than usual. Rest assured, next week I'll be back with my same frantic, absurd, irreverent energy. Remember, nothing cures insomnia like the realization it's time to get up.
This has been a Catlock production. In association with Not For Sale Media.